Let's just go right to prayer. Let's go ask for God's help here. Lord, as I uh, think about um, the words of the instrumental that Kim just played, give thanks. Lord, we want to give thanks for what Jesus Christ has done for us and um, that anyone who would uh, receive him into their lives and accept what he has done on their behalf on the cross, Lord, can have a relationship with the living God. And we're now given your Holy Spirit um, as an incredible gift from you in a deposit. You'll come and, and claim your own in a future date um, when you come back for us, Lord. Lord, we, just, we give thanks for that. And um, Lord, we also give thanks for your word that um, you have given us uh, your word here that we can know you know your desire and your heart for us. And Lord, we also just want to seek you as a as a church body right now, Lord, that we you would ask we would ask that you would you would heal the um, the folks in our midst who are just hurting right now. Maybe they're physically in need of your touch and or maybe who need your um, healing emotionally. They need your healing emotionally, God, that things have happened to them that have had some long-lasting effects, and we pray, God, that you would um, help heal them up and restore them, and uh, or maybe even some uh, struggling with um, uh, mental illness, Lord, we pray that they would cling to you um, as they work through that and look to you to be their guide. And so, Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Now, <clears throat> last week... Uh, we started this mini-series. Is this going to be a two-weeker? So you kind of made out on that. Uh, on the grace of giving. and um, But last week, we looked at 2 Corinthians 8, and we, we learned a couple of things. I thought I'd just mention in a few sentences what we learned last week, that God's grace enables us to recognize that everything we have belongs to Him and was given to us by God. We, we looked at that truth in the Scriptures. Everything we have belongs to God. Uh, and so that when we financially give to the work of God, we're merely giving back to Him what was His in the first place. Um, so we, we looked at that. And uh, we also saw that the grace of God enables us to give generously and joyfully. The grace of God uh, enables us to give with the proper attitude. And uh, so now today, we're going to look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and as well. And we're going to look, and we're also going to kind of use that passage as a springboard to answer a couple of questions that I know a lot of people typically have in churches. Um, one of which is, what about tithing? Is tithing still for today? And then, and then where should I give? Like, where should I direct my giving? Um, People usually have those questions. So I'm actually going to weave in answering those two questions in uh, the midst of uh, looking at this passage together in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. So um, if you would, uh, as is our habit, would you stand for the reading of the Word of God? Here we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 to 15. If, if you're able to stand, to stand. If not, that's fine. And how about this time I'll just read and you just listen to the Word of God being read. Here it is, 2 Corinthians 9, 1-15. There is no need for me to write to you about this service to the Lord's people. 
For I know your eagerness to help, and I have been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year in Achaia, you and Achaia were ready to give, and your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. But I am sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow, but that you may be ready, as I said you would be. For if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to say anything about you, would be ashamed of having been so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And it is written, They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable indescribable gift. This is God's word. Please have a seat. So an interesting passage there, isn't it, about Paul continuing to talk about uh, this financial gift that uh, the Corinthians had promised. Uh, they'd made some kind of a commitment to Paul to give to meet some of the needs of the poor uh, believers in Jerusalem. And so uh, he's, I mean, you kind of gather that he's, Um, sending um, people ahead to kind of make sure everything's ready to go so that there's kind of no embarrassment, uh, you know, when when they come and collect the gift. So um, there's several principles we want to talk about giving this morning uh, from this passage. And the the first one is just this. Um, Generous giving encourages others to be generous. Generous giving encourages others to be generous. When you look at those first five verses here, uh, it's, it's kind of a, um, a reflection of what he said earlier in 2 Corinthians 8. Do you remember in 2 Corinthians 8 how he was, he was basically boasting about the Macedonian church and how they were examples in giving? Even in their poverty they gave, it says, and probably beyond what they should have given, they gave. Right, that sacrificial giving. So he was speaking to the Corinthians uh, and boasting to the Corinthians about the Macedonians. Well, now he's saying that he also boasted to the Macedonians about the Corinthians' gift that they had made promise to give. So 
um, it's, um, it's, it's interesting to look at that and to see that one uh, church's exemplary giving could stimulate uh, uh, the other church's generous giving and kind of stir that up. And um, I think when you, you see and hear of certain people's generosity, uh, financially and otherwise, um, and usually those people don't announce it from the mountaintops, right? But when, when, when you're aware of that that's happening, it's just such an encouragement, such an encouragement. I know when we had gone through a couple of capital campaigns, uh, to see such a small church raise such a large amount of money was a glory to God. <laughs> It was uh, amazing, amazing. Just, you know, uh, I can't just say how amazing God was um, and so faithful um, to see the saints give so sacrificially. And, and actually, um, and some of you guys that are newer here may not realize, but all the maintenance that continues to be done in this building actually comes from funds that were given years ago that are sitting in that um, building fund, Okay. And so uh, we, are, we are experiencing the blessing, uh, and I hope that you would be encouraged uh, by the generosity of those that have come before you, and some that are not here, some that have gone on to be with the Lord, um, just know that they set, they set the bar high <laughs> by the grace of God, okay, by the grace of God. So, so just know that uh, as you lead out individually and as a church in generous giving, it encourages other people to do the same. Um, now, uh, as I said earlier, Paul is talking here about taking up a special collection uh, for this relief effort uh, that, that was needed, right? Now, I want to talk a, a moment here, kind of put the pause on uh, this particular letter and relief effort, and I want to talk for a minute about where the local church fits into our financial giving uh, which we have not talked about. You know, this is talking about a special relief ever, but we're able to look at it and see exemplary uh, giving and principles here. But I thought uh, we really need to talk about this. Um, you know, where, uh, you know, basically answering the question. So, where are we to direct our giving? What should be our priority when it comes to giving financially to gospel work? Now, um, this is a very quick answer to that, but I've got several verses I want to direct you to, um, kind of by way of example. Uh, One of the passages here is in Acts chapter 4, verses 34 to 37. And uh, it says here, it says, there was not a needy person among them, speaking of the first century church there. It says, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus it says, Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought that money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Right. So here you have uh, people giving right to the local church there, and then those local leaders were able to uh, distribute and meet needs as was needed. Um, so, I mean, this it's just an example, um, you know, of, of what was happening. Now, we don't have, you know, the elders don't sit up here and you lay your money at their feet, okay? That doesn't happen. But the principle still holds here that, you know, we do um, try to meet people's needs when we're aware of them, 
And um, that's one of the you know, things that we, we try to do with the funds that come in, as well as just you know, um, keep the lights on and that kind of thing. Um, so, so you just see this example of people, um, you know, they, some people were actually selling land and giving the proceeds to the church. Uh, but I can imagine that you didn't have to sell land to bring, you know, to give a financial gift. You just, but they gave it to the church and the church met needs. That's the point I'm trying to make. Now, another passage uh, that relates to this is Galatians chapter 6. Um, verses uh, 6 to 10. And uh, I want to read that. It says, again, this is a, a, a letter to another church, right, from Paul. He says, Let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Uh, do, not be do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whoever, whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. And so um, that first verse, I mean, you probably see the direct relationship there. He's basically saying, um, you know, it's good to give to the local church because the people that are, are teaching you the Word of God um, should be blessed by that, right? This is strange for me to share this, but this is, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like saying, you know, would you give so you can bless me? Um, but, but, but it's it 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 that's a reality. Um, it's it is scriptural. In fact, when you look at the next passage, um, let's see here. Yeah, First Timothy five seventeen and eighteen. He says, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle uh, an ox when it treads out the grain, and the labor deserves his wages. So again, you know, he's just simply saying, uh, let me get to that next part there. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the ox. So what does that mean? Well, you know, you want, you want as the ox is working... Um, you, you want to feed them so that they have the strength to do what they're supposed to do, right? It's kind of their due, right? Um, and so he's trying to draw an analogy. I don't know if he's saying pastors or oxes or what that is, but, but you know. He, but what he's saying is you're getting fed. You know, you, you want to you help take care of those who are feeding and caring for you. That's, that's the simple way to say it, right? Um, so giving to the local church does that. Okay, when you, you give uh, to, the, to the church, that's what it does. So it helps meet needs. We've seen that just in a short passage of Scripture. And it also helps uh, take care of those who are trying to take care of you and feed you spiritually. That's what he's saying. All right, so um, I also think it's good to remember when we talk about where we choose to give funds uh, is to think about, you know, um, Again, I, I guess I'm just saying this, but I, I don't want to apologetically say it. But you know, I think the church should be a local should, local church should be a priority, and that because it is his vehicle, he uses other things. He uses he does use other ministries. I'm not saying that, but you know, Christ died for the church. It is his vehicle that which he's doing. You know, the gospel's going out. Um, now that said, I'm not saying that should be the only place that we uh, also are able to give. All right. 
Um, you know, I think, but I think that's the top priority. Now, I'll get into some more of this here in just in just a little bit, um, but I think it was is good to just kind of mention, you know, where answering the question where and why would we want to make the local church a priority of our financial giving? And I call it giving back to God, okay? Because that's what it is. You have the biblical view that everything you have belongs to God. That's exactly what's happening: is we're giving back to the Lord, okay? Now, uh, another principle in this passage back in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, is this, that you can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. Now, where are we getting this? When you look in verse 6 of 2 Corinthians 9, here's what he says. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, you talk to any farmer, they'll agree with that, right? If I want to have a little harvest, then I'll sow a little bit, right? If I want to have a big harvest, I'll sow plentifully, right? I mean, that's just uh, master of the obvious, I call that. Um, but this is what he is pointing out, this, uh, uh, in a sense, law of sowing and reaping. But if you go down to verse 8, we'll get back to verse 7 in a minute, but it says, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Um, and let me, uh, did I already bypass that? Oh, no, I didn't have it up here. Sorry, I was just referring back to the passage. So, so when he says uh, this idea of, you know, you, you, if you sow abundantly, you'll reap it abundantly, he's saying that when you give, right, when you, and you're generous and you're a cheerful giver, when you give that way, what's going to happen is, um, you know, God's going to bless you in some way. And, and um, now this is where things start going awry in other churches, is they're going to say, you know, put your seed money down and we'll give you a hundred, God's going to give you a hundredfold back, uh, financially speaking. Um, I don't think that's scripture at all. Um, but I think if you really take into context here what he's saying is, as you are generous in your giving, God regularly replenishes the pipeline, not only to take care of your needs, but to continue to be generous. In other words, the motive isn't like, I want to give so I can get more. The motive is, if I want to give so I can continue to be a blessing and a conduit for giving. Does that make sense? That's what he's saying in this passage. That's this whole language of, you know, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need. So as you are generous, God will take care of your needs, he says. And he says, um, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And then he says, verse 9, as it is written, they have uh, freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. And then in verse 10, he says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Now, again, people that use the seed money thing, they'll use that verse 10, but they kind of forget verse 11, which says, you will be enriched in every way so that, so that you can be generous on every occasion. In other words, that's the motive. Does that make sense? Uh, that's the motives. You know, you want to, and I remember running into one of the, not running into, I didn't hurt him. 
I, I, I uh, met up with one of the elders on campus when I was a young believer, and we were going out sharing our faith, and, uh, and somehow the subject of... Uh, Somehow the subject of giving just came up, and I had questions about it. And, and he just mentioned about just wanting, he, him, him personally, just wanting to be a conduit, right, to bless others with the finances that he did have. And I just thought that was just kind of a cool idea. And then I would realize, okay, it's not a cool idea. It's a biblical truth, right, that just to want to be a conduit, right? And so think about this. Have you ever thought about uh, the finances that God has blessed you with, that as you are generous and have the right view of that generosity, is that many times God not only does meet your needs, but also fills up the pipeline so, pipeline so you can continue to be generous. Um, and that, that does happen, okay? And again, it's, it's, it's not this, um, you know, hundredfold return on your money investment type of um, you know, false gospel or prosperity gospel thinking, but it really is, has to do with uh, wanting to, to bless, to, you know, continue to be blessed by God so that you can continue to be generous, not so that you can, you know, drive whatever the latest, you know, I don't know, Lamborghini, you know. I'll go that high because, you, know, uh, you know. And if you got a Lamborghini, God bless you. You know, I'm, I ain't got an issue with it. It's, it's really a matter of what your attitude is about things, right? It's not about what you have. It's what do you do with what you have. That's really what it is. Um, all right. So uh, it is interesting here that when you look at uh, this, this, it's kind of a, this sowing and reaping thing is, is a proverbial type of phrase. Uh, and when you look at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, it says, one gives freely yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. This is a principle. It's not really a promise. It's a principle, proverbial principle, just saying, listen, I find uh, that as I'm generous with the stuff, not just money, but the stuff that God puts in our stewardship, he um, continues to, you know, just bless with things to share, right? Um, However, if I'm stingy, and say it's my stuff, a lot of times that, you know, we don't have that extra to share, okay? And this is the principle he's saying. Now, there's also another proverb, I don't have the reference off the top of my head, but it says, he who refreshes will himself be refreshed. And I think that is in the context of being generous, okay? Um, again, Jesus' words we mentioned last week, right? It's, it's more blessed to give than receive, right? The, the givers just have all the fun, to be able to bless people, right, and, and see their needs met and, 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 you know, and so on. All right, so, so as we give, God often increases our ability to give. This is really the bottom line there. You can't outgive God, okay? All right, this third principle here is that giving is a matter of the heart. Giving is a matter of the heart. This brings us back to verse 7. Let me remind you of what verse 7 was in 2 Corinthians 9. It says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, Hear me. Uh, Nobody should tell you how much you should give. Okay? Nobody. Um, It should be from the heart. And it should be done with cheerful, a cheerfulness, okay? Not under compulsion, right? 
Um, in fact, it really doesn't do any good to try to guilt people into giving. I mean, that's usually a short-term solution to a long-term problem, okay, if somebody does that. Um, and so, so what, what you need to realize is that um, you need to make sure your heart is right before God in your giving, in your giving back to him. And you need to ask the Lord what it is you should give. Because everybody does have to decide on how they're giving and how much they're giving. Okay, um, and, and so uh, with that, I do think that Paul, in an earlier letter to the Corinthians, gives us some thoughts about how often and, can I say, sort of how much? Okay, uh, you'll see what I mean. Uh, when I get there. All right, so let's take a look here. Uh, it's 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16, I've got the verses for you. It's the first three verses, just three verses. Now, as you read this, just be thinking about this. Now, he is actually still talking. This is the first letter of the Corinthians, right? He's actually talking about that relief effort here for the first time. And uh, so let's hear what he has to say. He says, now, now about the collection for the Lord's people. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then in verse 3, he says, Then when I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. Again, all, this, this relief effort is going to help relief uh, the issues that were going on with the Jerusalem poor in the church there. But he is kind of um, putting here on in verse 2, he's saying, hey, how about on the first day of every week, you guys just take up a collection. You set aside a certain money, each of you, in keeping with your income. Well, so that gives me at least some guidance about some thoughts on regular giving. And this is, is very least suggesting some regular giving. And then it's proportional giving. Okay, we're getting all mathematical on you now. Proportional or percentage of some sort, because he says in keeping with your income, right? That's, I think the, what that's getting to is, you know, it makes sense that if you make more, you give more. Okay, that's, you know, that, that, that happens. And so I, I think, again, let me, let me see, I've got it up here, you know, uh, our giving back to God is to be planned, regular giving. And I, I think that's good because oftentimes, even the best intentions just stay that, intentions. And don't you see, what, what is Paul doing? He's trying to make sure that those intentions the Corinthians had are followed through on, isn't he? Is it, aren't this 2 Corinthians 8 9, that's kind of what it's about, you know? Um, he's not only celebrating what God's doing in, in, in causing these folks to be generous, but he's saying, I want to make sure... You make good on that promise. He, he said that, right? Um, so our giving back to God should be planned and regular giving. So, you know, you just, you just have to think about, you know, on what. <clears throat> so I, I'll just tell you what I do. I give monthly because I get paid monthly. All right? Uh, that's, that's what I do. Uh, some people don't like that. They like to give every week, and that's cool. Um, give as the Lord directs you to give, but it should also be in proportion to what you earn. Okay? Um, I can't really tell you what that percentage should be. Um, I'll talk about tithing in a second here, but, but you know, Paul said, <laughs> right, um, 
that you should give as, as according to your heart, right? Um, not according to what someone else tells you to give, right? All right, so, um, and I, th- I would encourage you guys, you know, you should study this stuff out too, right? What I'm giving you kind of the cliff notes, right? And if you've got questions beyond that, you should study it out or you can ask me or whatever, that's fine. Um, but this, this, is a, this is a good stuff and important stuff. Um, so, a given in keeping with our income, I think really does uh, strongly imply proportional giving or percentage giving of some sort. Okay. Now, that kind of leads us to the question of um, tithing. A lot of people ask, you know, the ten percent. When they when they people mention tithing, now let let me kind of say some people have have meshed tithing with just regular giving. They think tithing is just when they use the word tithing, they just mean giving in general. But some people are asking, like, the, the, the Old Testament law required a tenth, a tithe, okay? Um, and that was then given to the Levites and then the priests, right? And then there were actually other tithes that happened during the year. We're talking, if some, one calculation I saw was close to 30%. So tithing, man, that's easy. <laughs> You're not laughing. Okay. All right, so I think it was the 30% that shocked you. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, no, that's okay. So what, I'm, what, I'm, what I want to talk about is, is that 10%, does God expect us to kind of have this legalistic view of uh, sort of like that Old Testament, like if you're not given 10%, you're in sin. I don't think so. I don't think that is um, what God is getting at, especially by what Paul has just told us here, Okay. Now, so there will be some people that disagree with me on that. There will be some people who will say, listen, Pastor Greg, you know, um, hey, Abraham gave a tithe before the Mosaic Law, and I understand that too. I, I, I understand that. Um, and, and so they would say that, uh, and they would say also uh, that, you know, uh, the issue of tithing is pretty silent in the New Testament, right? You'll, you'll not find any uh, reiteration of the tithing law, uh, it doesn't say in the New Testament you should give 10%, um, you know, nor does it say you shouldn't give 10%. <laughs> so the argument from silence doesn't help either side on that, okay? Uh, the only time I can think of that tithing was mentioned specifically in any relationship uh, to anything was Jesus criticizing the Pharisees because they, um, you know, they were all... Uh, pointing out how they tithed everything down to their mint and their dill and, and how they were just all about that, but they were not loving people. They were not doing justice to people. It's kind of like, you know, you're doing all this over here, but you're, you're, you're totally ignoring the needs of the people that you're supposed to be taking care of, right? Um, and so, and again, you could say that Jesus didn't really poo-poo tithing. He was just saying, you're not living justly. You're not loving people either. So all I'm saying is that um, from my vantage point, I don't think that the New Testament is teaching us to be legalistic in our giving based on what Paul said, that give from the heart. But I also see his exemplary his, uh, in, in that 1 Corinthians 16 that it ought to be regular and it should be proportional, okay? So then you're basically down to answer the question, well, what's the percentage you should give? 
I guess you're going to have to figure that out. Um, I use, uh, I just use 10%. I figured it was good enough for them, it was good enough for me, as my benchmark, okay? But, you know, another reason not to kind of say, now everybody's going to give 10%, that lets all the people who are rich off, off, the, off the hook. There's a lot of people that, can, that could give 30% and not feel a thing, right? So let's not put that number on there. Let's just say proportional giving, right, percentage giving, I use that Old Testament as a benchmark, but I'm not legalistic about it, okay? And in fact, you know, if the Lord blesses me with more, I'm going to give more. That's just, I think, the way I'm just trying to follow here. I mean, you're talking to a guy who's following what he's telling you from the Scriptures, okay? Um, I, don't, I don't put myself off the hook because I'm a pastor. Uh, I'm, I'm in it with you guys, okay? So, um, anyway, let me... Uh, does it make sense, kind of this argument of like, is it a legalistic 10%? Like, am I sinning if I don't give 10%? You see how there, there could be an argument. I think there could be an argument either way, but I tend to just fall on the side of gracious giving, the way Paul was suggesting on his relief effort. On the flip side, if I wanted to argue for a more, a more strict 10%, you could say, well, Paul just assumed people were going to do that. I mean, he's, he's the Jew of Jews, man. He's the most Jewish Christian there is, and he's had all the training, and he just assumed that people would be doing that. So I can make a case either way, um, but I'm not going to be legalistic about it. Um, and I do, but I do think we can definitely confidently say regular percentage giving is, uh, would, would be God-honoring, okay? Does that make sense? Um, and so you have to do the wrestling <laughs> with the Lord, um, and figure out what is that going to be. Some people say, hey, you know, you Pastor, you put that benchmark out there at 10%. There's no way I could do it. That's okay. You know, pick a number, work on it, and see as God increases and as you as your finances grow, here there's this. Will you automatically increase your standard of living or will you increase your standard of giving? That's an interesting question. I can't answer that for you. That's something to pray about, right? You automatically just go to the increase the standard of living, or do you think about, hey, maybe I could increase that percentage that I set at maybe five percent to give more to help to help the work of God. So uh, these are some questions you have to pray about, but you need to settle them. Okay, you need to settle them. And I just want to say there are going to be some people who go through some situations that just cannot um, ever at the time give anywhere near ten percent, and that's okay. That's okay, because there's going to be other people that can give more than that, and God uses it all. Okay. The big thing, the big thing, though, is we need to make sure, like it says in verse 7 there, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Okay, God loves a cheerful giver, so... Um, May God bless you and make you a conduit to bless his kingdom. Right? That's what I pray. Lord, you know, if you're going to bless me with in that way, in whatever way, I want to bless your kingdom. I want to meet a need. I want to, you know, whatever it is. All right? So let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are just so grateful that uh, you choose to use your people to, to meet needs and to... Um, to carry the gospel to the ends of the earth. And we know 
that uh, that also takes finances, whether it be for the local church or the local church supporting missions work and missionaries and so on. And, and um, Lord, I just, uh, I just pray, God, that uh, you would um, continue to work on our hearts, that they would be generous and that our, our generosity would overflow. God, make us, um, make us have the parts of the Macedonians, Lord, if, if we're not there. And, and Lord, um, help, help us to hold loosely to the things of this world and, and to all the stuff that you, the material things you've given us to take care of, Lord. Let us use them for your kingdom business as we can. And Lord, uh, help us to see that as we give and you replenish the pipeline and still continue to meet our needs, that we would continue to be that conduit of blessing like you talk about there in 2 Corinthians 9. Heavenly Father, we just um, I pray, God, that uh, as we give, as we commit to give regularly and in, in proportion to our income, Lord, that we would see your faithfulness and that we would see we're honoring you God, I pray it would be with joy. In Jesus' name, amen.